0: Hello again, this is Daniel J. Hogan, and welcome to the Magic of Aerie podcast, brought to you by MagicofAerie.com. In our last episode, Zeroth joined our heroes on their quest and gave Uncle Shameless and Steve magical armor to protect them. Steve's armor was too big, but Zeroth told him he had to imagine it fitting him and it would shrink. Not being accustomed to using his imagination, Steve was unable to shrink his armor. Uncle Shameless had no such difficulty, but was prone to accidentally imagining his armor being much larger than it needed to be. After handing out armor, Zeroth asked Era to aid him in capturing swordfish, which Zeroth and Steve were to use as weapons. Episode ended with Zeroth trying in vain to teach Steve how to sword fight. And now the next fantastic episode of The Magic of (laughs) Airy. Magic of Airy, the podcast, written and produced by Daniel J. Hogan, based on the novel, The Magic of Airy, by Daniel J. Hogan. To learn more about the novel, please visit magicofairy.com or danieljhogan.com. And remember, Harry is spelled E-Y-R-I. Episode number 18, Uth, The Last Human Village. Uncle Shameless and Era sat near the campfire watching Zeroth continue to teach Steve the sword fight. Over the sound of Steve either having his swordfish knocked out of his hand or being knocked down himself, Uncle Shameless chatted with the kindly pelican healer. All right, Era. I have to know why some of you bird folk have wings on your backs like the hawk can do and some of his don't
1: why are some humans left-handed
0: uncle shameless thought hard over the sound of the swordfish striking each other and could not answer era's question um because they just are i suppose
1: the same goes for us But, in some cases, the lack of wings is intentional, like the Swanton.
0: What do you mean? They cut theirs off?
1: (laughs) No, no. They have bred their wings out over the centuries. The Swantons always preferred ground combat and lived for fighting. They found that their wings got in the way. That's crazy. They come from the city of Swanta, a place that is only concerned with having the best warrior.
0: Yeah, well, they ain't got the best thinkers. Era laughed and nodded in agreement. Zero's yelling at Steve quickly caught their attention. The hunter kept yelling at his reluctant student, each time ending with Steve or his swordfish being knocked to the soggy ground. Uncle Shameless got up to go watch, but changed his mind after Steve's swordfish was knocked loose and nearly hit him. Eventually, Zeroth yelled at Steve to stop and retracted his swordfish's blade tongue as he approached Uncle Shameless and Era.
1: How is he doing? Well...
0: Zeroth searched for the polite thing to say, and not able to think of one, he went with his first reaction. Uh, He isn't... He isn't... Good. Zeroth turned back and yelled at Steve, "Come here, and get some rest. You'll need your wits about you tomorrow." Steve slowly and sorely made his way towards the others. He was pretty sure he had used several dozen muscles he hadn't been aware of until learning the sword fight, and all of them were rebelling against him. Steve sat next to Era and started dozing off. He fell towards her, and she set his head on her lap. So. Do you have any children? Hatchlings?
1: I did. A long time ago.
0: Oh, an empty nester, eh? joked Uncle Shameless. The humor was lost on Era, who continued to watch over Steve as he slept. You are listening to the Magic of Airy podcast a free audiobook podcast by Daniel J. Hogan. Copies of the original novel can be purchased through magicofairi.com and amazon.com. You can also download a PDF of the entire novel for only $3.75. Visit magicofairi.com for more details. And remember, ARI is spelled E-Y-R-I. The group woke early the next morning, Uncle Shameless bellowing at the top of his lungs and stumbling around while having philosophical debates with shrubs or rocks. Occasionally, Uncle Shameless would imagine his armor being a different size and cause a big ruckus until he changed back to its normal size again. And five minutes later, he would repeat the entire process. Eventually, the group was on their way to Uth, the last human village. As they moved closer to the village, the terrain became progressively more soggy. No longer was the ground merely a little mushy. Now it was turning into one giant mud pit. Scraggly shrubs and bushes replaced the dense trees of the Forbidden Forest. The buzzing of insects and the croaking of frogs filled the air with their deafening symphony. The less than solid terrain reminded Steve of fishing with his father in a swamp in northern Michigan, which his father had claimed was a lake. Fishy, fishy, fishy. my hook? Go on get Go the on. bait. Where's my They stood on soggy insect-covered ground for hours attempting to fish, but the only thing they managed to catch was a nasty rash. The swamp in the forbidden forest was not at all different from the swamp Steve had visited in Michigan. Though, in the swamp back home, he knew that the animals weren't going to talk back to him. Steve was reluctant to swat at the insects buzzing around his face out of fear he might get yelled at by a swarm of vengeful relatives. A thick fog covered the swamp, which limited their vision and made their traveling slow and difficult. (laughs) Steve complained after stepping in something that looked like green oatmeal.
2: Can't you find us a better path?
0: Not in this fog.
2: I thought you had hawk
0: Yeah, and I can see a lot more fog than you can. Just keep quiet and stay close. Steve grumbled under his breath and grabbed onto Uncle Shameless's belt so he wouldn't get lost. He soon realized this was a bad choice, given Uncle Shameless's frequent stumbling, and found himself being led over and through every disgusting thing in the swamp. Ugh! Steve yelled as something wet and spiny crawled over his canvas sneakers. Shh! We're coming up to the village.
2: How can you tell that?
0: Xeroth pointed to a sign up ahead that read, Uth, the last human village.
2: Well, that's convenient
0: steve mumbled as the fog began to clear revealing the outskirts of the village
2: i don't even know what i'm supposed to do here
0: said steve istrio had not given him instructions on what to do once he had arrived in the village we'll figure it out yeah Just keep quiet, Zeroth commanded as he pulled his hood over his face.
2: Why are you
1: covering your face?
0: The humans here don't exactly put out a warm welcome for Hawken.
1: But you are not a Hawken. You're, you're, the well,
0: you're you. I look close enough to one to cause a problem. Not to mention there are probably a few humans in this village that aren't too friendly towards hunters, either. Zeroth added as he tucked away his three-ringed hunter's medallion. He turned towards Era. You said you were coming to the village before meeting these two. Can you think of any reason why Steve was told to come here? Era thought hard until a revelation came to her.
1: I think I know why. There is supposed to be a well-known oracle in this village.
0: That has to be it.
1: An oracle? Let me guess. Some
2: crazy old hermit with a bizarre personality trait? Oh, you had met? No, I was being. <sighs> Never mind.
0: The boy had a feeling he was going to be in for another long, boring story involving people and in places with multiple bizarre names. You are listening to the Magic of Aerie podcast, a free audiobook podcast by Daniel J. Hogan, available at magicofairie.com and through the iTunes Music Store. <laughs> The intrepid companions continued onward as Zeroth described their cover story. Era, you were coming here anyway, so just act normally and say we are your bodyguards.
2: I don't think they'll believe I'm a bodyguard. No
0: fooling. Yes, the humans here aren't that foolish. You can say you're my apprentice. And shameless... Zeroth turned to the boy's uncle, who was swaying back and forth as he tried to keep his balance. Can you control yourself for maybe a few minutes? What do I look like, a moron? I can blend. Don't worry. Uncle Shameless answered nonchalantly as he hiked up his pants and ran a hand through his messy hair. Zeroth turned back to face Steve. Good, I'm glad I can count on you, Shameless. Now... It's important that... Everyone turned around to see one of Uncle Shameless's magical armored boots, now five times larger than its normal size, sinking into the mud.
2: A little help?
0: The companions made their way through the parted fog, and Steve could see water ahead. Beyond that, he could just make out an island in the middle of the swamp. He saw the tops of shacks and other buildings on the island. When the group came to the water's edge, they saw a rickety wooden bridge leading out to the island. A lone guard stood by the bridge. He held a large pitchfork and leaned against a sign that said, Troll Bridge. Troll Bridge? Steve asked. Zero silenced the boy as they approached the guard, who looked up at the group. Greetings, travelers. If you want to get to Uth, you're going to have to cross the Troll Bridge. Don't you mean... Toll Bridge? No, no. Troll. The water is filled with swamp trolls. Only way to get to Earth without getting hurt by the swamp trolls is by using this bridge. And that'll cost you.
2: What is a swamp troll, anyway? You don't know? I don't get out much.
0: You see, young man, they are these wicked little creatures that live in the water, and...
2: Don't listen to him!
0: A voice not too far from the bridge called out. Roop turned to see another man, and surprisingly... Another bridge several yards away. You don't want to use his bridge? It ain't reliable. Who are you? Name's Henry. Come on over and use my bridge. I'll even give you a discount. Four for the price of three. The guard in front of the companions grew angry and bellowed at Henry. Back off, Henry. These are my customers. You're not fooling anyone, your list, Never one knowed your bridge is made of lousy lumber. The group looked at Yurlist's wooden bridge, and sure enough, it looked hastily put together and rickety. Come on down use my stone bridge. Costs a little extra, but it's safe and roomy. At least he didn't hire folks from outside the village to build his bridge. Cried a third man on the other side of Yurlis' bridge. This man also had a bridge of his own. I hire all of my workers from the village and only use the best supplies. Ah, hush up, Lime. Three bridges
2: and three different men selling passage over them? How crazy is that?
0: Yeah, especially since they all get you to the same place. After listening to the three men advertise back and forth about which bridge they should take and why, the group eventually grew tired of all the nonsense. Steve walked to the edge of the murky lake and looked into the water. He did not see any swamp trolls, but then he realized he did not really know what one looked like.
2: This is silly. Swamp trolls. There's no such thing.
0: I think you're right, boy. This is all just a scam, Ah con, a f- fiddle! And with that, Uncle Shameless charged towards the water. Xeroth looked away from Yurlist, who was telling the Birdman about his bridge's anti-swamp troll undercoating. What is he doing? He yelled as Uncle Shameless jumped into the lake and began swimming.
2: Am I the only one wondering how he can swim with all that armor on? Hush!
0: Uncle Shameless continued to swim far out into the lake, when suddenly he saw a large shape heading towards him from the east side of the island. Its craggy, putrid face was adorned by what looked like a gnarled mess of dead swamp weeds.
2: Swamp Troll
0: Terrified by the Swamp Troll's hideous features, Uncle Shameless quickly turned around for the shore. He cut through the water, gaining speed thanks in equal parts to fear and a pre-swim sip of his elder cherry wine. Uncle Shameless eventually gained enough speed that he began to run across the surface of the water. Steve's eyes bulged in disbelief as the boy watched his uncle's blurring legs carry him across the lake's surface. He wished he had a science book so that he could throw it away.
2: And that makes even less sense. Hush!
0: Uncle Shameless kept looking over his shoulder to see a swamp troll approaching. He made it to the shore, but fell into the shallows and thrashed around until Zeroth and Steve came to help him up. What's wrong? Uncle Shameless pointed to the gruesome creature heading towards the shore.
2: It's
0: troll. Zeroth and Steve turned to look at the swamp troll, but instead they saw an old man riding with a passenger on a small boat carved out of a green tree trunk. Zirath shook his head at Uncle Shameless and dragged him to the boat. It's just an old man with a boat. But he's got a swamp troll with him! Uncle Shameless yelled as he pointed to the horrific passenger. The old man steering the boat sneered at Uncle Shameless and said,
1: "That's not a
2: troll. That's my wife."
0: You are listening to the Magic of Airy podcast a free audiobook podcast by Daniel J. Hogan. Copies of the original novel can be purchased through magicofairi.com and amazon.com. You can also download a PDF of the entire novel for only $3.75. Visit magicofairi.com for more details. And remember, airi is spelled E-Y-R-I. After many... Many apologies, the old man agreed to transport the party to the island on his boat for no charge. This caused a huge uproar among the three bridgemen, Henry, Yurlist, and Lime. The trio began throwing rocks and insults at the party as they passed by the bridges in the boat with the old man and his wife. Ooh, you're bad for business! Why ride in a cramped boat with others when you can walk by yourself over my luxury roomy bridge? Ugh, that's his wife? The party ignored the three men and enjoyed the free ride. Uncle Seamus kept to the back of the boat, hiding behind Steve, away from the old man's wife. After the companions landed on the island, they thanked the old man for transporting them across. The island the village sat upon was covered in a thin mist. The air was damp and humid. Steve felt sweaty and sticky under his chainmail. He once again thought of himself wearing it on a frozen lake back in Michigan. His daydream was interrupted by a peculiar tickling sensation around his chest. It stopped as soon as it had started. Steve looked around, thinking perhaps something had been crawling on him. He did not see anything and forgot about the odd feeling, not realizing that once again his armor had shrunk. Steve and the others came to the front of the village where a single guard sat asleep on a stool. A crudely put-together wall of lumber and sticks surrounded the village. The wall did not look strong enough to stop the wind, let alone invaders. Even the guard was not that menacing. He leaned his head against the shaft of his pitchfork as he snored softly. He was a young and scrawny looking human, a far cry from the fearsome-looking Birdman guards of Daraga. Era approached the sleeping guard and tapped him on the shoulder. What? What? The guard said. After focusing on Era and the others, he snapped to attention. What's your business in earth, pelican?
1: I am a healer. And I am here to offer my services.
0: Era motion to Steve, Uncle Shameless, and Zeroth.
1: These are my bodyguards.
0: We don't need no healers. The swamp provides us with all the healing we need.
1: Such as
0: leeches. Grrr. Steve began, but Zeroth threw a clawed hand over his mouth.
1: And what else?
0: Bigger leeches. Sorry, but we don't need your kind round here, Pelican. Or your scruffy looking bodyguards. Uncle Shameless took exception to this. He had talked his way past the guards of Daraga, and he wasn't going to let a smart mouthed kid with a pitchfork stand in his way. He quietly took a drink from his wineskin and walked from behind Zeroth. No <gasps> Zeroth whispered in vain. Uncle Shameless quietly asked Aira to move aside, hiked up his pants, which as always fell right back down, and got face to face with the guard. Listen here. He read the guard's poorly made name tag and poked the man hard in the chest. Listen here, Mr. Dangles. Let us in. Skinny guard gave Uncle Shameless a confused look. Why? Uncle Shameless let out a sigh that bordered on theatrical. <sighs> Don't you know who I am? The young god looked Uncle Shameless over. Well, you're in ratty clothing, your hair is a mess, and you're reeking of wine. The god thought for a moment until he suddenly had a revelation. Oh, you must be a friend of the alderman. I'm so sorry. The alderman was the highest-ranking member of Uth, the last human village's government, left after a nasty accident at the most recent. Looking good, Uth chilly cook-off. The villagers kept meaning to have special elections to refill all of the more important open positions, including the top post of village chieftain, but no one really felt like filling out all of the paperwork. As it turned out, the alderman was also prone to wearing ratty clothing. I prefer the term relaxed, having unruly hair, my barber's sick, and stumbling around the village reeking of wine. "'I have a bad knee.' Oddly enough, those had been the only requirements for the job. The guard apologized as he stood aside to let the group pass through. "'Oh, please go right in. You could have just told me you were a friend of the alderman.' "'It was a test, and Sonny, you passed.' Uncle Shameless punched the guard playfully in the arm, but due to his elder cherry wine-induced strength— he knocked the guard to the ground and into a large mud puddle. Uh, uh, thank you, sir replied the guard as he wiped the mud away from his eyes. Zeeroth walked up behind Uncle Shameless and whispered, "Good work, no problem now, let's find that palm reader, Oracle fine, fine, say, is that a pub?" <laughs> This concludes today's episode of The Magic of Aerie. Make sure to join us again next time. What awaits our heroes inside Uth, the last human village? What will the oracle tell Steve? Will the boy be subjected to another long list of weird names and boring exposition? Find out in the next exciting episode of The Magic of Aerie. Copyright date of this episode was January 7th, 2010. The Magic of Aerie, the podcast. Written and produced by Daniel J. Hogan. This podcast was produced in GarageBand and Audacity on a Mac. Some sound effects and music are provided by freesound.org. Other sound effects and music provided by GarageBand. For more information or to buy a copy of the original novel, please visit magicofairi.com or danieljhogan.com. And remember, Aery is spelled E-Y-R-I. And as always, thanks for listening. Leeches.